Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, you would bless the time we have now to, to study your word and look into your word. I pray that we would be challenged by it. Father, I pray that if someone is listening, they've never yet placed their faith and trust in you, that they would do that, that they would hear the word, it would lead them to faith, and they would place their faith and trust in Christ. And Lord, for those of us who are saved, I pray that we would not stop listening to you. Many times it's very easy to go on autopilot and just think that we know what to do. Lord, help us not to find strength in our own self, but Lord, help us to be connected to you in a humble relationship. Lord, we love you. Please help me as I preach. Help me to say that which needs to be said. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Are you listening to the Lord? Don't give up on listening to the Lord. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It is a vital aspect of faith to listen to God, to listen to him, to listen to his voice. It is very easy for us to look at Christianity in terms of an academic thing, where we look at the Bible as something that we need to learn. We need to know the knowledge of it. But when we're talking about hearing and the vital aspect of listening to the Lord, it goes from something that is educational to something that is relational, meaning it is now a relationship. It's not just something I'm trying to learn and apply to my life. These are words that God is speaking to me. His Holy Spirit inside of me is speaking to me. This is a man, a photo of a man. This is not a man. This is a photo of a man named Eric Weinen. Ooh, he's got a large last name. Why, uh, Weihen Mayer. Okay, uh, we're going to call him Eric. <laughs> On May 25th, 2001, he summited Mount Everest, meaning he went all the way to the top. Something very interesting about this man is that from the age of 13, he was blind. He suffered from a degenerative eye disease and lost his sight when he was 13, but that didn't stop him. He's written a book. If you Google his name, he's climbed many, many uh, large mountains. Mount Everest is a mountain where 90% of the climbers do not make it to the top. 90%, by the way, it's well over $200,000 for a chance to climb Mount Everest. 90% don't even make it to the top. But Eric succeeded in large measure because he listened well. He listened to a little bell tied to the back of the climber in front of him so he would know which direction to go. He listened to the voice of teammates who would shout back to him, death fall two feet to your right. So he would know what direction not to go. He listened to the sound of his pick jabbing the ice so he would know whether or not the ice was safe to cross. They have what they call rotten ice, which has been kind of, it still looks like ice, but it's, 
it's been heated up by the sun. And so when you put your pick into it, instead of it being a sure hold, it'll just rip away. So he has to listen very closely. When we take a perilous journey in life, listening well can make all the difference. This guy made it all the way to the top of Everest and back down safely. Why? Not because he saw, but because he listened. Let me repeat that. He made it all the way to the top and all the way back down, not because he saw well, but because he listened well. Do you listen well? Now, I'm not going to ask your spouse because we all fail at that. Sometimes I think I'm having, actually, it's usually me that doesn't listen well if, we're, if this is a confessional booth, right? But we can be guilty of that, can't we? Somebody's yabbering away. That's usually what we think. They're just, you know, this is not important. I'm just going to kind of turn the volume down and I'm going to focus on something else. Are you listening to me? Well, is our explanation, which means you caught me. (laughs) I'm guilty. (laughs) Sorry, we say in our best Canadian accent. Sorry. Can you repeat that, please? But we know if it's really important, we need to listen up. Sometimes we're driving down the road. This happens all the time. Driving down the road, the little GPS is right there. We usually use our phone. The GPS is right there. And I go ripping right past my exit. Why? Volume's down. Didn't hear it. What's going on with the volume? We hunt around and make sure the volume's tied into the speakers and just take a turn right. Right? You got to turn it up and you've got to listen. Listen well. Bible says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This book is different. It's different than any other book. I enjoy reading. I'll read different books. But there's something different about the Bible. Because when you're reading the Bible, it's not just words that you put in your brain. It's spirit. As Jesus said, these words are spirit and they are life. The voice of God himself is tied to this book. He speaks to us deep inside. It's not just what the words actually say. It's what the spirit of God says to us as we read this book. And if we're willing to listen to him, it will change our life. Let's just look here briefly in this passage And we're not going to look at all of these verses, but just a few of them. And they're very familiar to us. It says in verse number one, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. To be saved means your sins are forgiven. We have to understand that getting saved, how do we get saved? We get saved by faith, not by sight. How do we come to the place where we have that faith to trust Christ. We have to listen. And the Apostle Paul here in Romans 10 and verse the first couple of verses here is talking about Israel or he's talking about the Jews. And the problem was not the fact that they didn't have the information. It wasn't that they didn't have the knowledge. It wasn't that they didn't have the scriptures. The scriptures came through them. God gave the scriptures to The nation of Israel first, Moses, and then all of the prophets up until 
the scripture was written. Every one of them was a Jew, was an, was an Israelite. It wasn't that they didn't have the knowledge. And guys, if we're honest, oftentimes our failings in the Christian life, it's not because we don't know. It's because we're not listening. By the way, the only reason I'm preaching this sermon is because this is what God has been working on my heart about. And I'm very convicted by this message. So don't think for a minute that I'm standing before you as some kind of an expert. I'm standing before you as some kind of a student. Like, oh my goodness, this is the awful lesson that God's been trying to teach me and he's made me feel terrible. So now I'm gonna make you feel terrible. No, I'm just kidding. No, this is something that we all need to learn. Isn't that true? This is something we all need to be encouraged in. But look at it with me once again, Romans uh, 10 and look at verse one. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Now, you may have that same desire for someone in your life. There may be someone in your life where your heart's desire and prayer, by the way, don't just have a desire, also have the prayer. Amen. Okay. Don't just want something and push for it. Pray for it. If it's worth wanting, it's worth praying over. And if you can't pray over it, maybe you're not supposed to want it. Amen. But what did he want? What did Paul so Paul want? He wanted Israel to be saved, verse 2. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Now they had the knowledge of the scripture, but why didn't, why didn't they get it? Why didn't they understand? Why didn't the light turn on and they said, oh, Jesus is the Messiah. They weren't willing to listen. It says verse three, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believe. If he gives us an example of an entire nation that wasn't listening, why weren't they listening? Why didn't they listen to God? They had the scriptures in their hands, the Old Testament scriptures. They had apostles that were preaching. They had the the first church was in Jerusalem. And many of them, some of them got saved, but not, not, not very many of them. Not enough for it to be considered that the nation of Israel was saved, right? Notice in verse number three, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness. Isn't it interesting that They had the scriptures, but then God calls them ignorant. Did they have preachers explaining it to them? Yes. Did they have the Old Testament scriptures? Yes. Did they see Jesus Christ with their own eyes and see his miracles? Yes. What's the missing piece? What's the missing ingredient? It says, and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. You see, they already had a plan. We don't listen to God when we already have a plan. I've already got a plan. Don't tell me what to do. I remember one of my first jobs, my job in Bible college, I worked for this rental company. We rented out uh, equipment, like uh, outdoor equipment. Included pop-up campers, hardtop campers, fishing boats, also lawnmowers and weed eaters and tents and all that kind of stuff, just outdoor equipment. And there was this very good man who helped me get the job. And he was actually a member of our church. His son's a missionary to Africa. Uh, But he was 
he wasn't my boss. He was more my, my supervisor. Like there was the big boss man, but then he was more the, he was in his fifties at the time. He was always in, like, he was, he always, the whole time I knew him, he had stark white hair, just white, white hair. And whenever, whenever he told me to do something, especially for the first year or so that I worked there, he would follow me around and he would stand over my shoulder and make sure that I was doing it right. And he offered instructions as I was doing it. Now, as a young man in my early 20s, I found that very frustrating because I had a plan. Now, here's the question. Why did he do that? Why did he follow me around and hang over my shoulder? Why did he, why did he, and he wasn't annoying, at least in his, his mind, he wasn't annoying. But why did he do that? Because no matter how good my plan was, I was still new. And I really didn't know what I was doing. And that equipment was very expensive, thousands of dollars. And he couldn't just say, hey, you do your thing. It'll be fine. No, he had to make sure that I was following the right plan to fix it properly so that it wouldn't result in even more expensive repairs. And oftentimes we can become frustrated with what God is doing in our life. And we have stopped listening to him because we have a plan. That's what the children of Israel were doing here, the nation of Israel. Jesus came, but they had a plan. They had, there were miracles that they saw with their own eyes. Undeniable. They had a plan. You see, the, pro, the, the reason why they didn't listen and the reason why they didn't see what God was doing in their life is because they already had a plan. They wanted Jesus to fit into their plan. And so they wouldn't listen. <laughs> no, Jesus, I know you're pretty amazing. Maybe you're a prophet. Maybe you're, maybe you're Elijah, come back from the dead. Maybe you're John the Baptist, come Listen, they were looking for any other explanation other than the fact that, yeah, Jesus is the Messiah. You see, because the Messiah they wanted would come as a king, an earthly king. And he was going to raise up an army and he was going to defeat the Roman Empire and he was going to set up his kingdom right then. That's what they wanted. And when it became, when, when, when they weren't quite sure, oh, this is so, this is so good. When they weren't quite sure and they still had hope that Jesus was going to be the Messiah that they wanted, they followed him. That's why in scripture, that's when he had big crowds. But in John chapter number six, when he told them, when they tried to force him into being a king, when they tried to force him into being a king and he told them, I'm not here for that. I'm here to be the savior of the world. Bible says in John 6 and verse 66, 666, by the way, many of his disciples, many of his disciples turned back and wouldn't follow him. Let's look at that verse. John 6.
I think that little noise is the, you guys hear that? Oh, it's the light. I keep hearing this tinking sound. See, I'm listening. I'm listening. See, that's just a, the Lord's just given that, given that as a, a sermon illustration. John 6, verse 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Jesus is talking about this in a spiritual sense. He's not talking about this in terms of, I'm actually going to cut out chunks of my arm and you're going to have to eat the flesh. He's not saying that. He's talking about this in a spiritual way. Okay. Verse 52, the Jews therefore strove among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood, drinketh my blood, hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. Now, why does he keep talking about this eating thing? Isn't that kind of gross? Honestly, and this is what the crowd is saying. It's like, whoa, Jesus, that is, that is a little hard for us to accept. But he's talking about this in spiritual terms. He's talking about receiving him as the sacrifice for sin by faith. Now, how do we know that's what he's talking about? If you look at the context, we know that's what he's talking about. They're following him because they're, they're all following Jesus because he fed them the, the five loaves and the two fishes over, over 5,000, right? Over, over 5,000 at once. And, and, and that's why they're following him. And so he goes in and he's like, I'm, not, I'm here for a spiritual reason. Verse 58. This is, he, this is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this said, this is a hard saying, who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, doth this offend you? What, and if ye shall see the son of man ascend up where he was before? It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. You see that? He's talking about it in spiritual terms. He's not talking about it in, in, in physical terms. When we take the Lord's Supper, is that, is that the, the blood and the body of Jesus? No, it's just, it's just a representation of it. Okay? He's talking about faith. He's talking about um, the spirit. It's the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the 12, will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. He goes back to his words. There were those who were willing to listen and it led them to faith in his words. And there were those who were not willing to listen. Why? Because they already had a plan. 
They already had a plan for what they wanted Jesus to do in their life. And guys, we have to accept and understand the fact that when we stop listening to God, it's because we most likely already have a plan with what we want God to do. We want, we, we've already got something we want him to do. We've already got, he is a piece of the puzzle in our plan. And Jesus came out with a pretty strong message here. He's saying, no, no, I'm not here to be a king. I'm here to be a sacrifice for sin. And they said, no, this is too much for us. We can't do this. And who are the ones that stayed? Who are the ones that persevered? Who are the ones that ended up following the Lord? The ones who said, we're willing to listen to you. We hear what you say. We don't have a plan. Our plan is to listen to your word. Our plan is to do what you want. We can see with Romans 10, it says that they had their own plan. They're going about to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Romans 10 and verse number three. Why did the children of Israel, why did the nation of Israel reject the Messiah? Because he didn't fit into their plan. They stopped listening. They had all the information, but they stopped listening. And it says here, they have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. We stop growing when we stop listening. We stop growing when we stop listening. We're not going to listen If we're full of pride. They had not submitted themselves. Under the righteousness of God. Jesus came. And showed himself. And said I am the son of God. I'm here to die for the sins of the world. And they said that's not what we want. We want you to deliver us. From this Roman oppression. You know what. There are sometimes there are some things in our life. That we want God to deliver us from. We want him to change our situation. We want him to change some people in our life and we believe in him and we pray and we follow him when we come to church faithfully. And then sometimes it gets to the place where it's like, hey, you know what? Maybe nothing is going to change. He doesn't change our earthly situation. And so we start backing off. And the reason why we back off is because we have our own plan. And the reason why we have our own plan is because we're full of pride. It's about us. It's not about him. They've not submitted themselves under what? Under the righteousness of God. You see, we are either trying to get God to submit to our plan or we are working on our own heart submitting to God's plan. Whose plan are we fighting for here? Are we trying to force God into our own plans? Many times we can see that God does He does these, he allows these circumstances in our life and they're hard and they're difficult. Why does this happen? He's trying to get us to humble ourselves so that we begin to listen again. We need to humble ourselves so that we begin to listen again. We go ripping past the exit and we're like, whoa, whoa, hey, what's going on? 
We realize the volume is down. Look at uh, Matthew. Matthew chapter 14. Listening requires humility. We stop listening when we have our own plan. <laughs> we stop listening when we have our own plan. Ah, that, that doesn't sound like it's going to fit into my plans. I'm not listening anymore. Matthew 14. Look at verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Was it daytime or nighttime when this story is going on? Fourth watch of the night. So it's nighttime. Okay? Right? Okay, and what's happening to the sea? What's happening to the Sea of Galilee? Is it calm? No, it's not calm. It's stormy. So it's a stormy night. They're in this boat. They're being tossed around all over the place. Are they full of faith or are they fearful? They're very scared. They think for sure they're going to die. Okay, another question. Are they doing what they want or are they doing what God wants? Who told them to get into the boat? Jesus told them to get into the boat. And they're going to the other side. Did Jesus tell them to do that? Yeah, right? And they're doing what Jesus said. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Right? And here's this big storm that comes up. All right? <clears throat> now here we go. Verse 26. Verse 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, so it's dark, and there's this big storm, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. It's dark. It's stormy. They're being tossed up and down, and now they're seeing ghosts. That's what they thought. We're seeing a Jesus ghost. We don't know what's going on. We're seeing something out there, right? They cried out for fear, verse 27. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou. Was he convinced it was Jesus yet? He wasn't convinced yet. Do you ever, do you ever find yourself in your Christian life, you're trying to listen to the voice of God, you're trying to, Find out what God's trying to say to you in a sermon or in your Bible reading or in prayer time. And you think it might be God, but you're not really sure that it's God. You ever been there? Oh, for sure. People are looking at me like, yes, but I don't, I'm not going to say yes. <laughs> it's okay to say yes. Because Peter here said, Lord, if it's you. Now, the circumstances were such that it was difficult for him to clearly see if it was Jesus. Why? Because it was night. Because they're bobbing up and down and they're being tossed all over the place. So things that are going on outside, it's dark. Right? Circumstances. 
a storm, wind, rain, right? Then they're seeing something out there and then that something out there speaks. Now they're really scared, right? But the voice says, no, no, no. Jesus says, it's I, be not afraid. And they're not like, ah, not really convinced just yet. I'm not convinced just yet. Lord, if it's you. Now he says something that I would probably never say. Now the, the like, you know, hero, spiritual side of me thinks, oh yeah, I would do just like this. But most likely none of us would do this. But Peter says, Lord, if it's you, what does he say? Bid me come unto thee on the water. Verse 29. And he said, come. Ooh. Game time. Game time. Lord, if it's really you, bid me come out. And Jesus says, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? When they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshiped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. I want to make this point here with Peter before he walks on water. Could he see clearly? No. Could he hear clearly? He could hear clearly enough for him to hear, come. So many times in life, we fight with God because we want to see clearly with what is happening in our life. We write about it in a journal. We sit there and we try to put everything in these in this little roadmap, we talk to all of our friends. Some people even get on Facebook and say, hey, here's what's going on in my life. What do you guys think about this? You know what that does? Makes it worse. Oftentimes, you have 15 billion different opinions coming at you. Well, this is what I think, and this is what I think, and this is what I think, and this is what I think. We want to see clearly. This person said this to me. And I want to know what that means. Or this is what's happening at work. I want to know what that means. Or this is what's happening at church. I want to know what that means. Or my spouse said this. I want to know what that means. Or my finances are doing this. Or this is what I think we should do. Or the news is saying this. And this is what the projections might be of what financials might look like this, this year. And so I'm not. And we've got all this input. All this information come flooding in. And oftentimes more information Sometimes it can make it even more confusing. We go to God. We say, God, help me to see. And God's like, you don't need to see. You need to hear. So then faith cometh by hearing. Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. He did this amazing miracle of feeding 5,000. It creates this huge crowd that's following after him. Jesus, we want to see you on the throne. We want to see you 
Kick the Romans out. I want you to fit into our plan. Jesus says, you're not listening. The ones who are willing to listen and learn, they stayed. The ones who are willing to submit to his plan, to toss out their old plan, they stayed. They got stronger. Last little piece. Let's go back to Romans 10. Simple little thought. Don't give up on listening to the Lord. It says in Romans 10 and verse number nine, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. There is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Now shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Of whom they have not heard? Of whom they have not heard? It all starts with salvation. Hearing him starts with salvation. When we give somebody the gospel, it is the voice of God, the Holy Spirit, that speaks to that person's heart. It's not the voice of the person. It's the voice of God that's using the word of God and the, the gospel. And when we accept Christ as their savior, we're not just accepting words on a page. We're accepting the person that is speaking to our heart. That's how salvation starts, is we accept Christ, the person who is speaking to our heart. We accept him into our life. That's how it starts. And some people can miss that point because they're just accepting a religion. They're willing to change their religion, but they're not willing to accept the person, Jesus Christ. He, God is a spirit. They that worship him is worship him in spirit and in truth. Jesus says that we're not saved if the Father does not draw us. The Father has to draw us. We have to be convicted of the Holy Spirit. God, we're, 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 not, just, we're not just saying words and we're not just singing songs and we're not just preaching the word of God and, and doing all of these things. God is here and God is working and God is speaking. It is a spiritual relationship and it begins at salvation. And if you have never placed your faith and trust in Christ, not in the idea or not in the historical person or not in the religious person, but the spirit of Christ, the one who is speaking to your heart right now, if you've never placed your faith and trust in him as a person, I challenge you to do that today. The Bible says if we don't have his spirit, we are none of his. It says that in Romans 8. I'll read you these verses and we'll be done. Jesus said this in John 10. John 10 verse 27 says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. 
My father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You know what, you know what one of the small joys of having a puppy around the house is? He follows you around the house. You walk down the hallway, and you hear his little tiny toenail on the wooden floor. It's a little joy. Here's a question. Do you give Christ that joy? Does he hear you following? Are we sitting in the back pouting because we have a plan and he's not getting on board? Are you listening? Don't give up on listening to the Lord. A lot of preachers, which is a good idea, they preach on how to have a great 2023 Look, it doesn't matter all the plans, all the sermons. If we're not willing to listen to him, it doesn't matter. Either he is our shepherd and we're following, or we've got our own plan and we're not submitting because of pride. Everybody bow your head, please. Close your eyes.